Fences made to keep certain things in and other things out. To keep the wild animals wild and the tame animals tame. But which are we? Hello and welcome to the Feral Christian Podcast, where the modern church, biblical accuracy, the Holy Spirit, and human personalities collide and we try to make some sense of it. This is Eric Jackson, and today our topic is ministry in the church. And specifically, what we're going to be talking about today is how does having the correct definition of what ministry is affect our ability to be feral Christians? Um, How does really knowing... Uh, absolutely being confident in our definition of ministry and having it be biblically accurate allow us to be undomesticated um, and live this thing out the right way and possess the land that we're called to possess and not be stuck in our pens and our fences trying our best to live the way everyone else lives and just hope to do it better even though it's clear that we don't have everything that God wants to give us. So we need to start with just understanding what do we have wrong with our definition of ministry. And and in my experience being a pastor, this is one of those topics that many people, even mature, seasoned believers, have a pretty bad definition of what ministry is. And the reason I think that is, and this is a pretty common issue kind of in church in general, is that we have a bunch of different terminology that are similar, um, but they're not the same. But we just kind of use them as if they were the same. We interchange them. Um, And that has led to a lot of confusion because if you have terms that even though they're similar, are different, are are not the same thing, and you begin to flip-flop them and and use them interchangeably, um, you're going to run into some issues. And that's what I think has happened when it comes to the idea of ministry, because I think there's there's probably four, maybe more, but we're going to stick with four, I guess, concepts or, or words that, that get thrown around that are similar but very different. And, and these are those words. First of all, it's ministry. What, what, what am I doing ministry-wise? Um, and then there's my giftings. What are my giftings? Um, And then there's my calling. What's my calling? And then there's titles, or if you want to be really fancy, you can call them offices. Um, And these are four things that are often connected to each other in some way, but are very different. And if you think that they're the same and and you start to confuse them, um, you're going to get off track really, really fast. And so I want to start with uh, Romans chapter 12. This is something you're probably really used to, uh, but I'm going to read it to you. And, And this is what it says. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. 
If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So those are gifts. And to break it down, basically, there are going to be certain things in your life that you naturally get, that naturally makes sense to you. You might have some skill or affinity towards them, but even more than that, they just click with you. They make sense. You don't have to be told why they're important. You just get them, and those are your gifts. And those are given to you by God. And oftentimes, they do guide you into what you might want to do as far as how you do ministry and what your calling is and possibly even what kind of title you might get at some point or what office you might find yourself in. The Bible is very clear that we have been given certain gifts that we're supposed to give away to each other. Uh, The Bible tells us that we belong to each other. As Christians, we not only belong to Jesus, but we belong to each other. And so we've been given these gifts, um, and and we're all unique, and we're all different, um, but we've been given these gifts, and we're supposed to be giving them away to each other, giving them away freely. Uh, We were given these gifts to to make the body of Christ better. Now, here's where we get off. We get off track. Is your ministry is not completely defined by what your gifts are. Meaning your ministry is going to be, at least it should be, much bigger than just the scope of your gifts. Meaning you do not get to say, hey, these are my gifts. This is what I like to do. This is what I'm good at. So I'm going to wait around until there's an opportunity to do something in these gifts. And then I'm going to call it a day. Because ministry is actually a lot bigger than that. And when you look at what ministry is, if you want to define that, what it is plain and simply in the Bible is to serve. It's to meet a need. Um, oftentimes, it's used almost like like in a medical term, like to to minister to someone's wounds. I mean, that's in the story of the the Good Samaritan. He ministered to the wounds. Now, there's nothing in there that would indicate that that was his gifting, that that was his calling, but he saw a need, and he ministered. That was he was doing ministry because he saw a need and he met it. Now, here is the thing you need to understand, is oftentimes you are going to find yourself with opportunities to use your gifts to do ministry. But even more than that, you are going to find opportunities to use all sorts of things, even if they're not your gift, to still meet needs and serve somebody and glorify the name of Jesus, even when it is way outside of your wheelhouse. But even more than that, now let's look at calling. Because the Bible talks about calling 
And in, in biblical terms, it's usually for a season. So the Apostle Paul would say, hey, I'm called to go plant this church. And after that, I'm going to be called to go over here. And what a calling is, is it is saying that, hey, for a season of my life, this is going to be the main focus of what God is calling me to do. I, I got a passion put inside of me. There's a vision to see. This is what I'm called to do for this season. Now, for some people, their calling is a lifelong thing. Like, hey, I'm called to be a missionary. I'm called to be a pastor. And I'm not saying that that never happens, um, but I'm saying that biblically, it is much more common that your call is for a season and that it can change. And I run into this all the time working with young adults. That I just want to know what my calling is. And everybody's expecting that their calling is for a lifetime. And maybe it will be. I'm not saying that that's impossible, but I'm saying it is much more possible that there's something just in this season of your life and that's a calling. If it's good enough for the Apostle Paul, it's good enough for me. And that's what a calling is. But what you have to understand is you are going to have ministry opportunities that you should absolutely be taking advantage of during that call that have nothing to do with that call, that are simply needs that you are seeing along the way that you have the opportunity to meet. Because once again, that's ministry. Now, I want to talk about probably the biggest issue in all of this is the confusion between ministry and a title or an office. So at churches, there are titles. There are ministries that need leaders. There are all sorts of different titles that can be given by the church. Those come with uh, a certain amount of prestige, a certain amount of authority, a certain amount of look at me, I've made it. And I'm not saying that titles are wrong. The Bible talks about electing elders and, and things like that. So I am not saying that titles are immoral. They are very biblical, um, and any church is going to have to have some titles um, if they are going to be biblically accurate. So my problem is not with titles. It's not with having offices. My problem is that I have seen many, many times people looking for a title in order for them to be allowed in their minds to be given the ability to do ministry. And so until I get a title, I can't do ministry. And that simply is not true. And it leads a lot of us to a very, very difficult place. Because what you have to understand about titles is, although they're biblically accurate, um, they're a burden. The Bible actually talks about, you have to be really mature and you have to be ready for this because titles are going to come with a lot of extra stuff. And if you think that titles are what's going to free you to do ministry, you are going to be really disappointed when you finally get one. 
because ultimately you are much more free to do ministry without one. Now, before you get mad, let me explain. When you get a title, it comes with a lot of a lot of added responsibility. And chances are very high that at least a good majority of those responsibilities are not something that is in line with your passion or your gifting. They are just parts of having that title. And what happens is titles oftentimes require a lot more than they give. Uh, Having a title is a sacrifice. You are giving of yourself. And so it is not something that frees you to now I can pursue ministry. If anything, it is something that makes it trickier for you to make sure you have time to be meeting needs and looking for the true ministry opportunities in your life. Now, again, we should be serving our churches. If you go to a church, look for a way to serve. Look for a way to do ministry. And if you have gifts, look for a way to use those in your church. It's really good and it's really biblical. But do not seek titles or offices especially if you think that's going to be your ticket to being able to do ministry, because I'm going to tell you it's not. In fact, it's probably going to make you doing true ministry even a little trickier because titles and offices are a sacrifice. It's what you do when you say, look, I'm mature. I've read the Bible. I've walked this through for a long time. And so I'm willing to sacrifice to lead this in this way, but I know that it's a sacrifice. I know that it's a a sacred privilege, but it's a burden that I have to carry. Titles do not free you. Titles require from you. Now, if you're a mature Christian and you have a title, good for you. I appreciate you. Thank you for serving the kingdom. But if you are a believer that wants to do ministry, do not for a second think that titles are going to be your ticket to to be able to do it because you're going to be very, very disappointed. And so the problem that we see so often is that when people say, I want to do ministry, you know, and I'm not talking about a call to be a pastor or anything like that. I just, I have, I know that God has given me something that I want to give back. The, the problem is so many people say what I need to do is I need to get a title. So therefore I'll have my calling and then I'll make sure that my calling fits with my giftings. And then I will just look for the opportunities where my title, my callings, my giftings align And when that happens, um, then I'll do ministry. And that is not, that is not the way that these connect together. How these connect together is it's almost, it will feel chaotic because they're all going to be going on at the same time. And, And it is something where you are going to need to rely on God to make sense of it. Because you are going to have a calling 
of this is my focus, this is my passion, this is what God's going to call me to do in this season. And in that time, you may have a title, you may not. Titles may come and go, they might change, and you need to listen to God to know what's right with that. Now, in your calling, there's probably going to be parts of it that are in your gifting, parts of it where you're like, yeah, this clicks and this makes sense and I'm good at this, and parts of it that are not in your gifting, but you know I still have a passion, this is my call, this is my focus, I have a vision, I'm going after this. And throughout this whole time, you have ministry opportunities all around you because you are going to be seeing needs of all different kinds. And you're going to be able to make the choice of, do I want to meet this need, whether it's connected to my title or not, whether it's connected to my calling or not, whether it's connected to my giftings or not. I am going throughout my day and I see a need. Am I willing to meet that? Because at the end of the day, that is what ministry is, is for the glory of God I am going to meet needs wherever I see it. I'm going to serve wherever I see it. And when you start there, that's when things make sense as you continue to work towards having, finding a vision and a calling for that season of your life and how to best use your gifts. And and God, are you calling me into some sort of an office, into some sort of a title and leadership position? That all comes later. But you have to start with simply using your gifts on your own in your everyday life. It it surprises me in my time as a pastor how many people will come up to me and say, Pastor, we need to start this. I I need to start this ministry at the church. And it it could be a hundred different things. Uh, I'm not picking on any sort of ministry, but it's like, hey, we don't have this. <laughs> Leslie and I used to joke about wanting to do a uh, an animal, a, a petting zoo ministry. Like, hey, we're just going to bring a petting zoo in. And we always joked around about that. So, hey, pastor, we need to have a petting zoo ministry at the church. And I asked them, are you, like, are you doing this in your life right now? Like, are you, you know, in your home are, are you doing this or, or whatever? And, and most of the time, they're not. Most of the time, whatever this ministry that they feel certain they need to head up or we need to do as a church is not something that they're doing in their personal life just throughout their day. And that's what ministry is. If you look in the Bible, so much of ministry happened just walking, walking throughout your life, your friends, your family, you are given so many abilities. If, if you don't think that you have places where you can do ministry in your life, then it means that there's no needs anywhere all around you. And I just, I would struggle to believe that that, that is the case. And so here's where I want to really, really bring this down. If we believe as Christians that titles are necessary for us to be able to do ministry, not only are we going to be sorely mistaken, um, but what's going to happen is you cannot be a feral Christian if you need titles. 
because you have to be willing to live outside the fence. And the people who get titles usually are the people who are the best at coloring inside the lines, um, are the best at just playing the game. And if you are sold out on being an undomesticated believer of saying, I want everything that God wants for me, I want to live this thing out, then you are not going to get titles and you're going to be very frustrated. And so I see so many people that they're so sold out. I see this with, with people who are, who feel called to be a pastor. And I, I walked through this and I almost fell into this too, where it's like, I'm called to be a pastor. So therefore I need that ministry position. So I'm going to, I'm going to jump through the hoops. I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to I guess drink the Kool-Aid. I don't have a better term for it. It's probably not the best terminology for it, but I'm going to do whatever it takes. I need this position. And it just takes and it takes and it takes and it takes. And by the time they actually have the title, they have very little left to give because they have kind of lost themselves along the way. And, and now they're almost, I'm trying to think of the word, not brainwashed, but going through this process just takes and it requires and it demands. And you do that long enough. And eventually you'll get the title. But what does it mean if you are no longer a feral Christian? What does that title mean? So this is something we need to be very careful about. You can do ministry whenever you want. You can do ministry right now. You don't need a title. You don't even necessarily need to know your calling yet. You don't even need to know your gifting yet. Just look for a need and do what you can to meet it. And man, you're doing ministry. And that's going to lead you to everything else. You're not going to have to worry about everything else. Just keep doing that and God is going to make it clear for you. So let me get to some questions. Um, If you want to ask some questions... Make sure to follow me on social media, Facebook, Instagram. Um, you can you can ask questions um, that, that I'll actually cover on here. You can also suggest topics. Um, if you're like, hey, this would be a really great topic for the podcast, um, you can go ahead and ask there as well too. Um, if, if you think that this conversation is of value, I'd ask, would you share this um, and just get the word out? Um, I'd love to join, have, have as many people as possible join um, and just keep expanding this conversation. So let's get to some questions. First of all, why is ministry burnout so prevalent? And this is not just referring to pastors, which uh, that's a real that's a real thing. But but overall, you know, children's leader and worship leaders and all of that it is just burnout is is real. I mean, it's kind of funny. I mean, if you go to a church and, and you see the worship leader and you ask about them, they're like, oh, that person's been a worship leader for 15 years. You're a little shocked because that's not normal. Normally, we're cycling through people like crazy on all levels. So why is that so prevalent? Um, and that is a long, that would probably be a topic, a full podcast if I was going to cover that. But if I was to connect this to what we talked about today, what I would say is ministry burnout is prevalent because I think a lot of people are not necessarily in a ministry that fills them up. 
So you're always going to have to balance this because you want to meet needs. So if you're at a church and there's a need and you have the ability to meet it, um, you should do that. But you should probably do that short term. You should probably let them know, hey, like I, I can do this, but this is not something that fills me up. Uh, it's not something that I enjoy. So, you know, can you be looking? Can, can we reach out to other people? But it is good to at times meet needs, even if it is a little draining. Um, the problem is when people are looking for just any title um, or, the, or they have romanticized, you know, being the worship leader or being the prayer leader. And, and it's almost like, I love the idea of it much more than the actual practicality of it. And that's why it's so important to have spent time doing ministry before you get the title. Um, you know, even someone like Joseph, I mean, he was interpreting dreams in prison way before he ever had a title um, because then he knew what it was before he even accepted that title. And I think, um, you know, that's another reason where is we just have a lot of people who haven't taken the time to really do the ministry in their own life to their own friends and family and just on, on the road um, to where they, they romanticize it, they think it's going to be great, they accept the title, and then they realize it's very different than what they thought. And I think it's also just that balance of ministry sometimes is going to take and it's going to be a burden, it's going to be exhausting, but it should also be fulfilling and fill you up and things like that. Um, and so I think Again, if we started much more with, you know, what are my giftings? What are my call? Um, what ministry have I already done in my life for a long time and I, and I know is sustainable? Um, and then move into, hey, if there's a title, great. If not, hey, I'm just going to keep rocking and rolling with with what what clicks with me. I think we would see a lot less burnout in ministry, but that is a, a much bigger topic that we would need more time to to cover in any sort of detail. So here, let's move on to the second question: What are some practical steps for me to have a healthier view towards ministry? Um, practical steps, like if you're saying, "Hey, I'm somebody who right now I know I'm much more bent towards the title. I want the authority, and I want to have a healthier." view of ministry. Um, what I would say is, I don't even think it's multiple steps. I would say it's just one is just start looking for needs um, that humble you. Uh, I guess I guess I would say baptism by fire is do do some humbling things and see what that does. Um, and don't you dare take a picture of yourself doing it and put it on social media. Um, I'm talking serve for the sake of serving and don't let anyone know. The Bible says don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. Um, that is going to change your view of ministry because when you put yourself in a position where I get nothing from this, I get no prestige, I get no honor, other than just I am living out my not even, well, yeah, I'm living out my call. I'm living my life the way Jesus did, and that's all I get from this. And you do that for a little bit, and I think it's really going to change the way that you think about ministry. Last question is this. How can having a heart 
for true ministry change my life. So if I'm able to make this switch from just looking for the title, um, looking for even the calling or, or just even looking for, hey, this is my gifting. This is what I like. I'm going to wait till there's an opportunity to do this. Um, how can switching from that to truly just loving doing ministry, saying, hey, where's the, where's the need and how can I meet it? Um, how can that change my life? And that that is actually a good question because I feel strongly there's a specific way it's going to change your life is it is going to make you more present in every situation that you walk through. Because when you start to understand that ministry is about the day-to-day, it's about the random phone call, it's about the random guy at the supermarket, it's even, you know, in your own marriage, it's about the the random moment of vulnerability. It's It's about those you start to live life with your eyes wide open because you're realizing that every minute there may be an amazing ministry opportunity that's coming to you. And life starts to get so much more exciting because you realize, oh man, I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss my next opportunity to serve and meet a need because I get just as much from serving just on the side of the road as I do for, you know, leading worship for 10,000 people. And for me, that's one of the biggest, biggest benefits of getting this ministry thing down pat is, man, it makes life a lot more exciting. There's a lot less just filler time and everything is, you're looking with anticipation. Oh God, what are you going to open up for me to do next? And that's what living as a feral Christian is. You're starting to use your senses. You're starting to sense what's going on and paying attention and listening and seeing. There's now a point to having your senses versus a domesticated animal that can just nap through anything because they don't need them. And so that is our topic today. Ministry. Are you chasing a title? Are you living a life of just looking for your call? Are you so set on what your gifting is that you're missing? Or are you just saying, hey, I'm going to walk through this life and I'm going to look for opportunities to do ministry from the time I wake up till the time I go to bed? Because if you're willing to do that, you are well on your way to living life as a feral Christian. So remember, Test some fences in your life today and do everything you can to possess the land that God is calling you to possess. Until next time. What if I told you that on the other side of these fences, there is land where the Pauls and the Timothys used to walk? That just beyond these fences of church pews, traditions, and rules, there are forests that we once owned, that right past the that's just how it's done and just do what you're told, lay a place where we can regain what we've lost, our strength, our senses, our power, the ability to live the way we were always meant to live. What if they are all still there, waiting for us? just beyond the fence.